podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast, a Bearstow Blitz at Trent Bridge and lots of other little talking points to get our teeth stuck into. You may be listening to this on the way to Amsterdam on the aeroplane or the ferry or whatever it may be. Chris Millard and James Gregg with you and we're bringing you another stellar guest here on the podcast in Matty Fisher. Before we get into that, Charles Tirrett, our sponsors, Chris how am I dressed? In fact, to be fair, I'm wearing the worst clothes I could have possibly worn to start talking about Charles Tirrett, which is a very nice bespoke British menswear brand. And I'm here wearing a t-shirt and some Barbie Army shorts. <laughs> have, you, have you used the discount code yet, Greggy, that we get for doing this wonderful podcast for our listeners? Because you did you did flirt with it at one time, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I know when you like really kind of gave it to me about <laughs> the fact I do dress like a moron. Merino knits, chinos, you could do with a pair of chinos, actually loungewear and accessories and all that kind of stuff. Look, it makes you look really sharp. Joss Butler models for him. Charles Tirrett, there is a uh, discount code. It's Barmy20, Charles Tirrett, and you can look like Joss Butler. There you go. That's our disclaimer. You may or may not look like Joss Butler, but you'll look bloody close. All right? You know what? I think they've done very well to get their hands on the KP podcast, Charles Tirrett, because I've never had so many people that I know talk to me about Kevin Peterson, but also about Charles Tirrett. It was unbelievable. You know what? That is a brilliant thing to mention, actually, Chris. Kevin Peterson, whatever you think of him, we had a load of people on social media saying, oh, I won't be listening to that. I know you listened. I, look, I, I know that you listened. It's fine. Just, just admit it. It's fine. You listened. You enjoyed it. You annoyed. You got annoyed with him. And um, you also listened to him speak about cricket. You remembered some of his fine innings. You enjoyed it. Look, let's you, just leave um, it out there. Have you found your way out of them yet? <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. That was a popular little bit of feedback, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> from, from both sides, by the way. I would like to just say yeah. that. I want to defend myself slightly. Uh, but he was he was a good guest. Really, really good guest. Whether you agree or disagree with him, it was good to hear from him. He, he was really generous with his time um, in speaking to you and I, Chris, wasn't he? You take as you find. We found him to be spot on so um there you go and if you've not listened to that podcast yet and you're sort of flirting with doing so definitely do we've had a ridiculous amount of people listen to it we've had a stupid amount of feedback as well i mean goodness we don't usually get that much feedback but i've had a lot of people and i know you have as well messaging you saying that was that was a really good podcast i love the kp podcast or whatever or discussing certain things and perhaps not loving exactly what he was saying particularly stuff on county cricket, which was interesting. Anyway, there you go. Thanks for listening to that and uh, getting in touch and dropping us messages, uh, which is brilliant. Also, and we want to start hearing from some of you about your cricketing tees, because there are some brilliant cricketing tees knocking about. I thought KP's was uh, pretty nice. I chucked in the biltong for him and he, he, he quite quite liked that, didn't he? Um, mm. So we want to hear from some of you guys. Just let us know what your cricketing tees. Maybe send us a few pictures of yours on a Saturday 
etc. And we can read a few out. Matty Fisher, our guest, by the way, he gives us a pretty good one, actually, doesn't he? He's, uh, he gives it some thought. Um, so, yeah, so stick, stick around to listen to that. And obviously a really good chat with Matty. We must talk, though, Chris, two things. We'll start with Johnny Bairstow, Trent Bridge. Unbelievable. I mean, have you seen anything like that? I think, obviously, Stokes' innings against the Aussies at Headingley. We know that that was against Australia in the Ashes from absolutely nowhere. Rescued England, it'll be a legendary innings. But in terms of a cricketing, just sheer destruction and dismantling of a bowling attack, Johnny Bairstow, man, I mean... Goodness, he's so good and so underrated. Not by the Barmy Army, it's got to be said. But how how impressed were you with that? It was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. It was written in the stars, really, wasn't it? Um, for for Johnny to come in and be the man to take us over the line. Um, after I, I guess the it's been quite a quiet series for him and, until that moment, and he came in and just did what Johnny does best and absolutely destroys bowling attacks. I thought when, like a lot of England fans thought, when Rooty got out with a very good ball, again off Trent Bolt, that, oh, this this could be tasty, this this might be close. And then they went in for tea, and I don't know what was said in that tea time tea talk, but I've got visions of Neil Warnock in the famous football documentary. <laughs> McCullen's just giving it both barrels, and Stokesy and Bairstow, the ginger ninjas, have responded by going out there and just and taking him to pieces. And I'm not really sure about the short ball plan to the short boundary against Johnny Best. I think that was a little bit daft. But hey, I'm just a fan, so I can't really comment too much on the tactics. But it was just amazing. Amazing to see him just flourishing again. He scored a load of hundreds. He's such a good test cricketer. He's just... It's just brilliant. We actually had some Johnny Bairstow tees printed at the start of the series, thinking could be a big one for this boy. Could be a big one. So we had some Stokes in Bairstow tees printed at the start of the series, and now we've got them on sale, and people are loving them. Barmyarm.com. <laughs> there you go. Another plug. Love it. And to be fair, I might be having one of them. It was brilliant. Settled in, watched it, and actually it was brilliant that Trent Bridge just basically opened the doors for the public, and it was packed to the rafters, as it should be for a great finale like that. And, yeah, running out of things to say about Johnny Bairstow. Stokes, he's brilliant as well. Carried, you know, his bat at the end. And what a captain's innings. Ben Folks did well at the end as well. Let's not forget Pope and, and Rooty, for goodness sake, in the, in the first innings. Fantastic. Really much needed 100 for uh, Ollie Pope and, and, and Joe just once again. I mean, he's just mustard, isn't he? And to be fair, loved all the social media stuff as well and the, across the Barmy Army. It's a really good way to follow everything that is happening. Um, when you're not at the test, some great little nuggets on there. So kudos to the uh, to the lads in charge of the Instagram account and stuff. It's brilliant. It's like makes you feel like you're there. Let's move on. Um, we also have uh, to talk about the fact that you guys are going to Holland, and as we rec- as we record this, the Netherlands is well. I think it's tomorrow as we record this. Yeah, it is tomorrow. The first ODI. Uh, Owen Morgan's team, pretty strong team, just missing the test players, obviously. In fact, actually, I did say before we, we started recording, so it's not a very strong team, is it? And then we had a look, and actually it is. <laughs> it's really, really strong. So, um, Chris, you're going out there. You're only going out there for one of the games, but what a great tour this is going to be, like proper mini treat in Amsterdam. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people going. I've, I've, a lot of people I spoke to at Trent Bridge, but also um, on social media have been telling us that they are going. If you are going, enjoy. Be careful. Have fun. Enjoy all the festivities. Um, we, we will be hanging around Liza Plain, where we've told people to go for um, a drink after the game. We'll send Finchie the trumpeter down to play a few tunes for everyone. Um, hopefully we bat first. I can't, I can't see it lasting too long if we bowl first. So hopefully we bat first, get a big score and... And, um, and hopefully it's quite a competitive game. That's that's what we've got to all hope for, I guess. It's going to be a scorcher tomorrow, um, which is going to be great for everyone going over there. I can't can't really wait to see people on tour in Europe. The, the last tour we did in Europe was Ireland at Malahide in early, early summer. I think it was May. And I reckon the top temperature that day was about six degrees. It was Joffre Archer's debut, funnily enough. And I think that's maybe when he thought, oh, I'm not sure about the English international scene. <laughs> Playing at Ireland in an ODI. Um, yeah, the coldest day of cricket ever. And I think it's going to be one of the hottest days ever tomorrow um, over in the Netherlands. So, slip, slap, slop. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the beers. And um, I'll see you all there for the Sunday game where England are hopefully going to win the mini-series. It is for some um, qualification for points. It goes towards the World Cup and it's all for the Netherlands to try and qualify as well. So, there's definitely something on the line, so it should be should be an interesting little series. Awesome. Enjoy. Um, we'll get straight into our guest then. Matty Fisher was brilliant um, on debut um, in the West Indies. We talk a lot about that. We talk about the pressure that he's had um, playing for Yorkshire. We've also had um, just the sheer brilliance um, of him sort of just just talking so normally as well on the podcast. He was brilliant. Really, really good guest. Uh, settle in. Enjoy Matty Fisher. He's funny. Hopefully speak to him again soon. But we've got, um, look, what a series we've got going um, at the moment. It's Sakima Mood, Jason Holder, Kevin Peterson, this week Matty Fisher. In a couple of weeks, we'll have Joss Butler with your chat with him, Chris, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. And also then Luke Wright and some more biggies to come. Stick around. The Shackles are off podcast. Matty Fisher is up next. We'll see you soon. Matty, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, first of all, just want to know how you are because we've had that just sucker punch news once again that, you, that you're going to be out for pretty much the whole of the summer, aren't you, with with, the, with your back issue? So, how are you, first of all, mate? Yeah, um, I'm all right. Obviously, disappointed. Um, it was a bit of a blow because I felt like I was really building some momentum um, with this winter, um, with the Lions tour, and then obviously getting picked in there test squad and making my debut um so yeah it's a bit of a blow but um it's nothing I haven't been through before um I'm getting quite good at um dealing with injuries which is not a good thing to say but um you do get better every time you get one of um trying to keep yourself busy and motivated and and stuff like that so yeah it's disappointing but I can't change it I've just got to face it and then hopefully come back better and stronger really well, I'm sure you will do. The thing is, you've got that brilliant experience of the winter to draw from. You know, you can just think about what's actually come. You know, it's kind of reaped its rewards, the previous comebacks uh, from injury, hasn't it? So, I mean, Chris, you were out there 
for Matty's debut in the West Indies. What an awesome way to start a test career. I don't think you've seen anything like that from a Barmy Army side, have you? No, it was very special. There was a lot of talk from Matty in the build-up to it about how excited he was playing in front of the Barmy Army. And as soon as he was sent out to field at uh, fine leg, I think Rudy put him down there on purpose just to just to get him right in, in the mix. And seeing him take that that first wicket, ultimate, ultimate hero status straight away from the Barmy Army. So um, I think we, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. I think you might have loved it a little bit more than us, mate. It was It was a pretty emotional day, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. Like, I've just, I've grown up being an England fan, like, still am now. Like, um, like whether you watched it, like, I watched it in Australia and, like, it hurt me as much as it would probably hurt the players just because as a fan, you just feel it and you want to be, like, proud of your team and stuff. So for me to be able to play for England and live out the dream of what I've seen other people do and being in the stands for um, with the Barmy Army, it was just, incredible that they were singing my name so a bit surreal and still think about it now to be honest good bad a belting song straight away as well I just I feel sorry for the likes of Stokes who's thinking my song is rubbish Matty Fisher comes in and he gets one of the best straight away <laughs> I know I remember saying to Stokes at uh, mid-off like um is that my song they're singing um because I kind of knew the tune I, I heard I think my brother said it was too obviously the Coutinho song um, and then once I heard it, like out in the middle, it was like quality. What a, what a, yeah, what a song! But I love Sakib's song as well. I found myself just singing along to Sakib's song. That's a, a really good song. And obviously, it was getting sung quite a lot because he was doing so well with bat and ball. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. to bang lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had him on, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? He loved it. He loved it. And to be fair, everybody that we speak to, Chris, on the podcast is. It's like the one thing that they look forward to. They've just made the debut or whatever. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see what my song is. It seems like some of the older boys, you make a good point, actually, Matt, right? You look at some of the older lads. Jimmy hates his Barmy Army song, doesn't he? We asked him about it and he was like, it's a bit boring, isn't it? And all this. And Sorry, everybody loves it. You know, it's just just the way it is. He doesn't like it. But there's, there's some belters. Ben Folkes is probably one of the best ones ever. And that was, you know, being sung in Sri Lanka the first time. Yours is awesome. Sakib's is awesome. Chris, is it just the Barmy Army songs are getting better and better and more creative or what? Matty's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm a beneficiary of this new era of yeah. Barmy Army songs. Maybe, maybe there's a bit, yeah, maybe there's a, a bit more talent in the writing department. I know that Adam Canning, who works with us, will take a lot of pride in creating Matty's song and, and his brother coming around to the Barmy Army end asking, asking for the lyrics that, that first day he heard it, which was quite a funny moment. Um, one of them great days on tour, really. So good, so good. Yeah. Um, Matty, you've you've played. I mean, Chris and I, we used to live in Edinburgh. We used to frequent the Western Terrace quite a bit. And this, this was a while ago now. And you're still young, you know. What are you? Twenty? How old are you now? Twenty? Twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four. God, it must be like six, seven years ago that we were watching you then. It on like a Friday night T20 match down at Headingley. I mean, those are fun nights, aren't they? Those are, you know, if you talk test cricket, play in front of the Barmy Army away from home, they're awesome. And you've really bought into that. And what an amazing experience for like an out-and-out Yorkshireman to play in those fixtures. It's so good to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was pretty special as well, because like at 17, I had my first like, 
T20 year where I played a lot of the games, played, I think I just missed one. Um, but we had like Dizzy as coach and then um, we had overseas such as like Kane Williamson and Glenn Maxwell and Aaron Finch and stuff like that. So for me as a 17-year-old who was just doing his AS levels during the day and then um, then driving on my own to um, Headingley for a Roses game, um, I literally couldn't concentrate at school that day. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was incredible and such a... Um, such a way to start your career to be able to play in front of crowds like that um and I felt like I just thrived because as a young player like well I still treat myself as a young player now but like at that age you literally don't have anything you think about you just thrive on that like you don't think about what can go wrong you don't have any negative thoughts you just like how good is this and you just get stuck in and, and love it and um yeah, well, my first game, I got a five for in the T20. So that kind of sh- that kind of showed how you just literally go out there and, and enjoy playing with... I think Johnny was playing that day. I think Ruti was in the crowd because someone sent me a picture of... Um, you might have been with him, you two. Um, <laughs> someone sent me a picture of um, my figures on the screen. And at the bottom of the... Um, the um, he's like in the Western Terrace, on the screen on the Western Terrace. At the bottom of that, there's Ruti and... I think Carrie was in the picture as well. Um, and then a few of his mates and stuff. And I didn't even realise he was in the crowd that night, but he was in the Western Terrace. So um, that was cool to see. Um, but yeah, just an, an amazing experience at a young age and um, something that when the T20 started the other night, I had another dipping um, like appointment because I was like, oh, I won't be able to play anymore this year. So um, it is disappointing, but... Yeah, obviously thrilled to have been able to experience it at some such a young age. Yeah, don't get much better than that. So so good. I, I mean, you broke that big long-standing record playing for Yorkshire at a young age, like you mentioned, and it's like a, a, a huge, huge county. It's loads and loads of history. And actually, you probably didn't really have time to think too much, did you? That's the that's the key thing here. It's not like you were waiting for ages. But then on the flip side, then you've kind of had to wait a little bit if you turn for England so how's that how's that been different because you've been you know you've not taken Yorkshire for granted but it's basically been a thing for, for you from being in in your teens and then waiting for the England call-up did you get the feeling it was never going to happen in many ways that England test call-up a little bit yeah like all my biggest goal in cricket in my cricket career I was a, obviously always to play for England um but like for a few years it was kind of like because I was, I was tipped quite young to get into squads and stuff. I remember like reading stuff when you're younger and um, like Michael Vaughan would put you in squads of like, even the World Cup that um, England won the, in England. He had me in that from when I was like 17, so in like two or three years time. And like, you do get disappointed because injuries set you back and people kind of, well, not forget about you, but like you're just not a name that people like tout about Um as as playing and stuff um so yeah it's been tough from that point of view um but then I just kind of reset my goals a little bit and just thought like why am I thinking too far ahead about that stuff it's not something that I can control um and like stuff like just performing for Yorkshire was just my goal and probably before that it was like oh how how quick can I get to playing for England and that probably didn't help me 
because you go out trying to get fifers every single time you bowl and we all know that that's just not the case um so yeah I just kind of reassessed my goals a little bit and then um it kind of came about so quickly um this winter because um the last four or five games in the championship last year I bowled really well um and then got called up to the Lions squad um I remember having a chat with Mo Bobat, who's like the performance director before that. Before we were in Australia, but it was before the, any of the cricket started. Um, and obviously, we're touring with the Ashes team. Um, and I just said to him, like, if, if you pick me for a test tomorrow, I'm definitely not ready. Like, I won't feel ready. And then at the end of that Lions tour, I was like, well, bowled really well at the Ashes lads. So I bumped Rudy out, and he wasn't happy about that. And then. <laughs> I got Butler out and bowled really well that day against them. And then kind of just gave me that confidence that I can do it against this these like type of players and stuff. Um, and then at the end of that, I just said, I think um, I heard like Strauss and Mo like say that because I got picked in the test squad, it was because of my Lions like form and like that I was the best bowler on that Lions trip. Um so, yeah, after that, I just felt like, oh, I can do this. And then when I got the call up for the Caribbean, I was like, like this could really happen and I'm, I feel like I am ready. Um, it was a bit annoying that the pitch in Barbados was the slowest pitch I've ever bowled on. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I just, I think it, I'm dealing with this injury a little bit better because as much as I didn't show everything that I wanted to show in that test because of potentially the wicket without trying to make excuses. You can't bowl a fast bouncer where people go, oh, bloody hell, that's in his armoury and um, the ball didn't swing that much and stuff. Um, I do still feel like I've got a lot to like show people um, in terms of skill and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm just hoping that the next time I do get a chance, I can try and stay in rather than be in and out. Um, that's my next goal. Um because I did say to myself before that test, I was like, you never know when your last test is. It could be your first, could be your last. And I was like, I'm just going to enjoy it and take it all in. And I'm sure hopefully people there like look, watch me and just, just thought, wow, he's taking it in and enjoying himself. And that's what I just tried to do. But like, yeah, next time I, I just want to get in, stay in and, and try and be a player that, just fulfill your potential. That's all I try and try and do. Um, I don't care whether, as long as I reach the best I can do as, as a player, if that's one test, this, this test that I've just done, then I'm happy with that. But if, if I could play 50 tests, then that's what I want to do as well. I just want to fulfill whatever potential I have really. Yeah. Well, look, it's not going to be your last one. I'm, I'm absolutely sure of that, mate. Like we are, we will say it with confidence. I'm sure loads of people have said that to you before. Where were you when you got your call for being in the test squad? And when did you find out? Because it was only on the morning, wasn't it? Was it Craig Overton who was ill? So I want to yeah. know those two moments because that's always a special moment. I know you're like a big family man, actually. So yeah, talk to me about that moment because it's just, I can't get my head right. I will, I will never get that call. Chris will never get that call. But I want to hear about it from your perspective. Yeah, well, um, so 
we were practicing so it's quite tight schedule so there's three days in between each test um so the day after the test finished in Antigua um it was just like um we would fly to Barbados and then that would be a day off and then two days out the lads that played the previous test all had like the day off basically but the lads that didn't play went in so like um I bowled like 10 overs Robbo tried I think he bowled six or eight in the in the in the warm-up um and then the day before the game obviously everyone's involved and then um I was down for two spells because I want I want going to be playing but I was like um what if because we named an 11 and I wasn't in it and then it was probably between me and Robbo who would play if someone just went down um so I was down for like two spells and I said to Louis I was like what if someone goes down? Like me and Robert have bowled quite a lot in these two days. Um, so I just cut it down to like three or four overs. Um, and then we we're really glad it happened because um, I was, there was two nets on the, um, on the square and like, like for bowlers to get a bat on the square, like you are very lucky. That's <laughs> <laughs> at the back. Um, but like, happened to be like a half an hour at the end of the session where the lads had finished I think Stokesy was in the other one um and I was like is everyone done can I get a bat so I, w- I went and got a bat and then this shows Rudy as a captain he just came out and like threw at me he'd finished his batting um so it was him and a couple of the coaches wanging and he was throwing um and he was bouncing me like loads of times because he was like I've got so many that I owe you from you bowling me um, bounces, uh, um, it was a good competitive net, and then at the end of that net, I was just packing my, I was packing my kit up, um, put it on my back, the duffel bag was walking in, and then Rudy like came over, put his arm around me, and he was like, um, I just want you to know that we want you to be ready for tomorrow because um, we're not quite sure with Craig what's um, what's going to happen in the morning, um, and from that moment, my heart started pounding because. I, from like other things that I've seen, like usually if someone says that, like you've got a pretty good chance because like a test match, it's five days. If you're not quite sure, you don't want to risk someone. Yeah. Uh, so I remember going to, I've forgotten what the square was, but uh, Chris might be able to tell us. It was like right out of Accra Beach, basically. And it was like, um, it wasn't the fish fry. It wasn't oysters. It was like before it. And it was like a food market outside. And I met my family there. Forgotten what the name of it was. Big Mama's um, Jerk. What was that? Big Mama's Jerk. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, something like Big that. Big Mama's Jerk. Great yeah. place to find out you're playing for England tomorrow and tell <laughs> your family. Requested <laughs> yeah. many a time. <laughs> family there, and um, I've told them like the news, and I was like, I definitely think I might be playing. Um, so I was just trying to get as many cabs in as I can because obviously you need need to load up on it before a test bowling day. Um, so I was just smashing the food um, and I was just saying, like, I, I think I'm going to play, I think I'm going to play. And that's where, like, my middle brother, I think he tweeted about it, but um, he he just chose to come out to Barbados because he was like, I just, I've got a feeling it's going to be Barbados. And he, he was just like, I told you it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so then... I went back to the hotel after that and like I slept all right to be fair um because it probably I'd have slept worse if I obviously knew I was playing um so that was probably a good thing and then I think the test started at 10 o'clock 
the game started at 10. Um, and I found out at about 20 to 9. So, um, yeah, it was just amazing. Rooty just came up to me. Well, I saw Rooty and Collie, like, take Craig to the side. Um, and then I kind of knew, I was like, oh, this is this is happening. Um, and then he told me, so, yeah. And then there's a few lads, obviously, saw that conversation. And I remember just looking around, and there's, like, four or five lads in the chain room just staring at me, like, smiling, so asking how are you in, are you in? And I'm like, yeah, so, yeah, um, incredible moment and special place and special time for me and my family. What an awesome. What were the nerves like that morning when you you got the nod? You obviously didn't have that much time to get nervous, but did it really set in there, right, this is happening, this is real? No, yeah, definitely. I'm quite a, I quite like a plan and quite a methodical person, but it's a bit like <laughs> stuff that run on me quite fast uh, I don't deal very well with but I literally tried to before the um like the team time kind of thing where you all come together I kind of just tried to stay in the stay in the um stay in the change room I remember I had to put some more spikes into spare pairs of boots because I hadn't done it yet because uh, I was just training in uh in one pair of boots and I was like oh in this game I might need I need a couple more. So I remember just tightening my spikes on my other boots and uh, and just thinking about like where I want to bowl to players because you're in team meetings. But um, yeah, it was just going over like where I wanted to bowl at their players really. Um, and then I was quite glad that we batted because I bowled quite a few the two days before. Um, and then obviously we batted for like five sessions. Rooty and Stokesy smacked it. Um, so, yeah, pretty special way to start Test cricket. Um, I remember Saki, Saki saying to me, because obviously his debut as well, like um, about middle of the fourth session, he was like, this Test cricket's all right, isn't it? It's only a three-day game now. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a lot to do in them three days. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Who was more nervous then, the 15-year-old Matt Fisher who broke records and made his debut for Yorkshire or the 24-year-old test debut, Matty Fisher? Definitely the 24-year-old test debut. <laughs> like I said, like 15, you just, you don't have a clue what's going on, really. Um, <laughs> I think I described it to some people, like the first spell that night, like I literally did not know what my arms and legs were doing. Like I was so like, there was something in my bloodstream that was just like, I've never felt this before. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, yeah, I probably still can't, but, like, can't tell you how them first five overs went, whether I bowled well or not. Like, <laughs> I just don't know where they all went. But then, obviously, settled down that night. And then, um, and then yes, really enjoyed the, the moment. Really. So good. I just... Um... There's so many questions I want to ask about that, but I'm, 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 one thing that does stick out for me actually is that you hear this a lot. So there was some somebody from a cricket club near near us in Sheffield where the they were back in Rooty to be England captain, had a bit of money on, and you hear this type of thing. You hear stuff about golfers, dads and mums or whatever putting a few quid on them to win a major by the time they get to the age of thirty, that kind of thing. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Did you did you know? Was it your was it your mum or your brothers who had a who had a few quid on you to play for England? Um did do you know about this before it happened or not? I didn't know about it. Um basically like um I got told about it because 
my brother's mate's a journalist and he he had he had a money he had money in it um, <laughs> it's it was, like a little syndicate this yeah, he was asking me about it and um my eldest brother adam was like i don't know why i didn't put more on the other day because like i'll tell you the full story of um how like how it's gone on and how they've got the money and stuff like that but yeah he was like I, i'm sure i was in the raft thing because he's a pilot in the raft and he was like I'm, I'm sure I should have had more than 20 quid to put on a bet on you. He was like, why did I not like, because there was like a maximum bet of like 500 quid, I think. So he was like, don't know why I didn't put a, a bit more on, because they got odds of 50 to 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is short, but, by the way. They must have been... short, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they, must have, yeah. they must have seen you bowling or something. <laughs> yeah. I think it was around when I was 15. So maybe they thought, obviously, like, he's just played for Yorkshire. He might have quite a good chance. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, so I think, I can't remember the exact figures, but basically um, on the slip that my brother had, because it was just a paper slip, because it wasn't, like, betting on apps wasn't as big, like, back, I was saying back then. But, but then 10 years ago, though, mate, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, so he was like, so he'd gone into, am I allowed to say which betting site? Yeah, yeah go for it, yeah, whatever, yeah. So he just went into Ladbrokes, I think, and um, he just got the paper paper slip and... Uh, he owed my the other the funniest part of this story is um, he owed my cousin some so my fish uh, my cousin bought fish and chips for my eldest brother so <laughs> he was owed like a fiver so he put a fiver on for my cousin um, so it's the most expensive fish and chips my brother's ever like had to give back <laughs> because he the other day he got paid out obviously 250 quid from his fiver um, but then, so like my mum paid loads to come over for all three test matches. She got a bit of money back the other day. Um, my mid- my middle brother did, my eldest brother did, and then my brother's mate did. So um, yeah, I'm waiting for a few meals out to be honest, because uh, <laughs> a drink or two. So uh, yeah, they got they literally got paid out like a couple of weeks ago because. Adam was trying to like um, sort out because there was a bit of an issue with like the date, um, but they just had to put. They said that they had to put a date on it, um, and it was like six months after he put the bet on. And he was like, "I would have never bet on him to play for England at like 15. It was just to play for England." And then there was a bit of like back and forth, but they ended up paying out. So um, yeah, so they were buzzing cool. to go. That's brilliant. Amazing. So 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 cool. Yeah. It's a good job that you didn't know, though, isn't it? Jeez, yeah. you've been, <laughs> yeah. been warming up in the morning. Oh, my word, don't go over now. Yeah. <laughs> not half, not half. Um, I was just thinking, you earlier talked about all the players who you played with at Yorkshire, like, as a young lad. Kane Williamson, I mean, how cool was that, by the way? Kane Williamson playing for Yorkshire for, well, more than one season, wasn't it? He played about three seasons, didn't he, in a bit of white ball stuff. Shateshwar Pajara, um, just like all these names, Aaron mm. Finch, for goodness sake, Glenn Maxwell, I remember seeing him in the arc. Uh, yeah. like, I was just like, what is this? What's going on here? Um, brilliant. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've had all these, all, all these experiences and stuff with people. I mean, it must be great. What, what have they all been like with you? He's probably one of the best to have, to have been with. Uh, well, Kane was obviously um, the way he went about his cricket and the way he was off the field, like as a captain and as a leader. Um, 
and how he spoke to the lads and stuff like that. He was amazing to be around. Um, I always think it's just amazing, like when you see people at the top of the games, like in the world of their sport, like Rooty, like Kane, um, like Pajara, and they're just like they're so welcoming and easy to chat to, and um, they welcome questions. It's not like you're not daunted to go and like speak to them. Like I used to say about Rooty, like he didn't play that much with us, like when we're because obviously he's been playing for England all the time, and he comes into the changing room and it's as if like you've known him for ages and he's one of your best mates. Like you're not, you don't feel nervous around him. He's just so easy to chat to. And Kane and Pajaro were like that as well. Um, so yeah, it's just a skill that like, and I think our sport lends itself to that because you're in each other's pockets for so much time. You can't really be a, an idiot. Are like, so yeah, it's just, they're just amazing. And um, I think, I describe as as a young player playing for Yorkshire in the two years that we won the championship um, under Dizzy. Like that was the best education I could have had as a bowler. Like that bowling attack was unbelievable. Um, Complemented with like young good batters like Bairstow, Balams, Root, Livey, and Leesy were brilliant at the top of the order. Um, good overseas coming in, um, and then just like experienced bowlers who have been around for ages that just know exactly what to do yeah uh, so for me like like I said like I just got the best education as a 17 18 year old is what you need to do to win um and how how to win four day games because obviously busy had been part of a, an Australian team which is probably one of the best ever test teams um so he knew how to do it at, at test level and then um, you come back and you've got like Jack Brooks, Ryan Sidebottom, Tim Bresnan, Liam Plunkett, Rash, um, and then Pato to complement that. Like it was just amazing to to watch. Um, and I was twelfth man a lot of the time, um, and it was just amazing. Um, they never gave any bad balls. They bowled teams out for under two hundred like all the time. Um, so yeah, just a great education for me. Um, along with again some great um, overseas in that period of time as well. So good. That was when we were, we were going quite a lot, Chris and I. So we got got to know Brooksy a little bit through yeah. routine, got to know Johnny and stuff as well. And, and just like good, good people as well. Plunkett, obviously brilliant, yeah. you know, good. But probably learn a lot in terms of like having a bit of a crack as well with, with those lot. Have you noticed... Um, I mean, you've been in a game for like nearly 10 years, like we've said. So I'm you know, I'm not trying to put an, a timestamp or make you feel old here, mate, because you're not, right? But just, just have you seen it change, I wonder? Have you sort of observed a bit of a change in, in terms of the way that people go about it and in terms of some of the younger lads you see, because you've obviously been on Lions tours quite a lot, et cetera, from other counties. Have you seen a bit of a change in approach, a bit of a sort of a more of a professional side? It's something that we talk about with guys who played 20 years ago and they say, oh, God, it's a lot different now, you know, the culture and all that kind of stuff, but not just the culture, the, the approach to the game, the fixture scheduling and all that. Have you noticed a change in the 10 years that you've been in and around cricket when you talk to the other lads from the county say? Yeah, definitely. Um, just from my own experience, like second team cricket, um, when I first came came in, 
Um, it would be three-day cricket, but there would be one big night out in every second-team game, like when you're going away. Like, I don't know whether I should be saying that. But, <laughs> this, uh, is, this is exactly what we want to hear, Matty. Yeah, that's just the truth, like, literally. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, it sounds like I'm saying that I've been around forever and it's old and stuff, but, like, yeah, like, you hear stories of before that and it would be every night. So, like, say, say 20 years ago, it was every night they'd go out. So ten years ago, when I started, it was one night out every every time you went away, um, and like batters, if batters got out like the night before, they'd be like free pass, they'd be going off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit different for bowlers and stuff, but um, and I quite, I'd like to say that I've been quite professional all all my time that I've been playing. So like, you go out for a couple, but then I would never, I would never send it to like when the lights come on in a in a nightclub or whatever. So um yeah, that was that. And then and it was probably the same with the first team. Like um I know that the the group that obviously won the championship and stuff, it probably wasn't going out like into nightclubs, but it was maybe having a few beers like in the hotel and stuff like that. And um yeah, but now like literally the younger lads um the lads from like 19 to 21, it's more about like, um, you just in each other's hotel rooms, like on bloody TikTok or um, <laughs> on gaming or something. So it's like, um, there's quite a lot of COD being played. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a, probably a different era now. Um, they do like, I just think nowadays, like people choose the right time a lot better. Um, yeah. Very like much more professional, the gym side of it is much like more important um, and just staying fit generally is, is more important. And then, yeah, they just choose the right times. I think more than before it was just like, there's the hype of obviously lads being around each other. Oh, should we go have a drink? And then every, everyone goes out and it escalates. But Yeah. And being out, look, being away and all the, and going to all these like beautiful little towns and villages and all that kind of stuff. And, and playing at some of the outgrounds and there might be a little place. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Look at this. He's like seasoned pro, isn't he, Chris? Like, we've, all... we've even seen the change, haven't we? <laughs> well, like yeah. Our own eyes. Yeah. Guaranteeing my eyes. You went to, a, went to a game with any of the lads playing in at some point in the four days, but nowadays yeah. it's not so much anymore, unfortunately, is it? Jack Brooks actually co-hosts this podcast with us, Matty. Uh, yeah. And he's he's obviously played a big part in the growth of the podcast and what we do. But I think everyone speaks so highly of him as a yeah. character, as the colour that he provides. What what was it like sharing a, sharing a dressing room with Brooksy? Where is he? He's he's he's, he's, he's resting. He's Busy, resting. Isn't he? <laughs> we told him you were coming on. He said, I'm not coming on. No, 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 it's not that. He's he's busy, isn't he? He's busy with summer set and getting fit and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, he's um he, 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 he spoke in glowing terms about you, to be fair. Um, yeah. When I spoke, I spoke to him last week or so, and he was saying, he was saying, yeah, he's a yeah, really good lad, et cetera. But I remember when you were doing all the all the stuff when in the championship winning season, they had Cricket Yorkshire on Sky, didn't they? And yeah. they had Brooksy going around with his phone and you got a bit of a flavour. Chris, I've never actually been in that scenario, so we don't know what it's like, but I mean... Good crack. Even Ryan Sidebottom, I used to be so scared of him when we used to see him out. And I used to think, oh, this big, you know, and he's got a bit of a presence, hasn't he? And he's and he's a big stocky fella and whatever. Now we've got to know him. He's just like 
lovely, lovely fella. So, so, so you've got a big grin on your face, Matty. Yeah. Well, I mean, people like Dizzy, I mean, now you've got Goffey in there as director of cricket. You've got Otis Gibson, etc. These old heads are just like absolutely priceless, aren't they? Like knowledge fountains for both on and off the field stuff. Yeah, like just some of the names we've mentioned on here, like it's just incredible the amount of like things you can pick up from from them people and I like to think I'm always asking questions of them them types of people and yeah it's just amazing like obviously Goffey now like um you don't even have to ask him a question and he's telling you about his career and um different stories and stuff like that and then one of the big biggest frustrations for me is obviously with getting injured is not being able to work with like Gibbo and um like the first week coming back and then we played at Gloucester a few days before we did some really good drills with Gibber and I was like oh this is amazing this is going to be so good um this year like he's going to make me so much better um and then obviously it's yeah it's annoying that I can't really work with him you can chat to him about bowling but it's really the out on the practice pitch and doing the drills where you really get better um so yeah, that was a bit. That's a bit annoying that I can't work with him. But obviously, hopefully, he's around for a few years and I get that chance again. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing, like you said, all these names to just yeah fountain of knowledge and try and pick their brains on everything because every everyone's got different ways of playing the game. Like Otis has obviously been brought up in the West Indies, and um, you can see his character and that culture in the way that. Um, he is as a coach um, very chilled very relaxed um, but plays it hard and, and wants to win so um, yeah there's so many different players that you can learn off um, and then going back on to Brooksy and City like Brooksy's just again like took me under his wing when as a young player like you want to step into a dressing room and feel like you're welcome and um, that the lads like respect you and like and he was just amazing at that. Um, always joking around, always making you feel part of the group. Um, he was kind of one then, Brooksy was kind of one where he put all his energy into the people that probably weren't playing or that were injured. And um, it showed the type of character and bloke he was because he was always there for people that were maybe not getting the fivers every week and scoring the hundreds. He was there to kind of mop up the ones that, um, are feeling a bit down about being left out or, um, yeah, like I said, being injured. Um, so, yeah, just a great character and I've missed him. I still, still tell him that I miss him every time we, we message and stuff. Um, and then Siddy's just like a gentle giant, like you said. Like, you don't realise how big he is until you see him in real life. Like, like broad shoulders, like massive, um, massive man. And um yeah, just a real, like, soft-spoken character who, again, would... I'd be at the end of my mark, uh, end of my mark bowling with him in the nets and stuff, and he's making people look silly. Like, his skills are unbelievable. I still say, like, he's the best bowler I've played with, like, consistently yeah. uh, in a team. And he was just, yeah, unbelievable. Um, and then we had him this winter coaching a bit as well, and... It was just great again to chat to him about like stuff he did with the ball and his scene position and stuff like that. So um, yeah, two people that had a massive impact uh, on me when I was younger. Class, class. 
Um, we'll let you go shortly. We'll, couple, we'll, we'll ask you a couple more, mate. Why not? Sod it, you're here. Um, <laughs> just, um, yeah, I mean, you strike me. I'm just chatting away now, right? We've never spoke before today, but I love the fact that you're, like, just really normal, love, love your sort of county, you love the thought of playing for England again, all the trials and tribulations you've gone through. Are you the sort of fellow who sits and watches cricket? Are you, have you been like watching, I don't know, the IPL, for example? Have you been, you know, will you be sort of tuned in to watch little bits and bobs? Bangladesh, South Africa, would you be tuned in to watch that? I'm guessing that you are, actually. You strike me as a bit of a cricket badger. <laughs> no, I am, definitely. Uh, I don't think my girlfriend's very happy with it because the whole <laughs> on is cricket or football. Um, but yeah, I just, just love the game. I think like, as well, I, 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 I treat it as like keeping up to date with what's going on because the game, I feel like the game changes so fast, like, yeah. especially when you cook it. Um, like the IPL, IPL every year, there's always something different that a bowler's doing or um, a different field setting that you've got to kind of stay up with because otherwise you'll get left behind and, um, and not change with how the game's going. Um, even from, again, from when I started to, to now, the way T20 scores are going, the way batters can play every single shot, um, it's just unbelievable. So that's why, I, as much as just loving watching cricket, like I went down to watch my local club play the other day because my two brothers still play. Um, and I was just like, and we don't even have to pay to watch this. There was two lads batting and they were they were playing it brilliantly for my local club. So I was buzzing. Um but yeah, they chased like two ten and forty two overs. Um, but it was mint to watch. They were just class, like um, rotating the spinners, mint and and stuff like that. But yeah, just an absolute badger for the game, and um, love watching obviously Joss Butler smack it all over four yeah. hundreds, uh, obviously off the scale. Um, it's just amazing how like we've always had stars in English cricket, haven't we? But like nowadays, it seems like we've just got the the super stars in world cricket in every format are from England in my opinion yeah. like even Livy like now like I I think like it's a massive call but like obviously Butler's unbelievable with what he does but I feel like Livy is an overall package for anyone in the world he'd be my first if I was a coach of a franchise team Livy would be the first one I picked because he smacks it he bowls leg spin off spin and just amazing in the field so um it hates me because he's a Lancastrian. But like, <laughs> watch, he's just amazing. Smacking six is 110 metres, it's ridiculous. So, like, absolute superstars coming from little, like you said, little local clubs to, to progress through. Like, Harry Brook now for us. Yeah. Picked um, in the test squad. Like, he's hitting the ball, putting it out there, better than anyone in the world other than Butler in the, at the minute. Like, he's just... He's just impeccable. Like he, he just figured out his batting. Like obviously, yeah. people always spoke about him and said, "Oh, well, he's averaging great in red ball and stuff." But like, there's always been that there where it's like this kid is special. I'm saying kid is only a year, year younger than me. That sounds. <laughs> you can like, say it. This guy is unbelievable, and and now he's just figured. Like obviously, with the win. Playing in the Lions, um, playing a bit of franchise cricket. He didn't do very well in the Big Bash, but like, I think the reason why he's doing so well now is because he had that period where he didn't do well. So like, 
you're like them periods can come so you you stay in form longer there because you don't take it for granted because you've been through the tough times so you had a mint uh mint psl obviously pick for england um and yeah he's just i, I just can't wait to hopefully see him this summer in a test shirt because um for people that haven't seen him he's you'll love watching him back so um yeah he's one to watch out for this summer brilliant brilliant um, could chat to you all day, mate. Chris, anything before you go for, for Matty? Well, yeah, we need to do our new little feature. Of course we do. Of course we do. Well, your fellow your fellow debutant um, came on. We, we've just tried, we started trying this, right? It's not really the most taxing thing in the world, Matty. <laughs> but yeah. um, Saqib Mahmood was the first person that we asked what their dream cricketing tea was. We actually asked Jason Holder, but he just said Lords. So I was like, a bit of a cop-out, really, right? I know. I was like, "Come on, you know." Like, I'm, I'm t- we're talking like that. Your local club that you went to the other day, no nutritionists about, nobody looking after you, no, no doing the, you know, the, the fat testing afterwards. None of that, right? Yeah. None of the clippers. Sandwich, savory snack, sweet treat, and drink. What are you going for? You've just been playing for your local club on a Saturday. You can have anything you want. What are you picking? Well, my grandma makes the teas at my local. Club. <laughs> you joking? So, um. But I'd probably go for just like a a standard ham and cheese sandwich on white bread. Like, there's no brown bread in cricket and teas on a Saturday. <laughs> I really care about wholemeal bread, so white bread. And then what was it? A savoury snack? Yeah, savoury snack. Crisps or sausage roll or whatever you want, mate. It's your, I, it's your tea. You go for it. I think a pizza, but cold. Cold pizza. Cold pizza. <laughs> that is proper cricket tea. Yeah, yeah. Tea. Um, like worst, like get the worst pizza you can find, whatever it's like, fifty p or something. Uh, yeah, it's like cardboard, really, but you just love it just because. Yeah, it's standard on a cricket tea. Um, <laughs> and sweet treat. Yeah, sweet treat. What are you going for? Sweet treat has got to be a scone with jam and cream with a strawberry on top. Oh, strawberry on top as well. Wow. Yeah. Very pretty. And and like on a Saturday as well, you just get it in all in one. You don't, you don't have a bite, you don't have a nibble, just all in one. Go and go, go, go out to fill with some of it down your shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'd just go with the scone, I'd just go with a cup of tea. Um, so yeah. You boys that, love a, cr- a cup of tea. You, you're all like, that's exactly what he said as well. No brainer. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> I don't drink tea or coffee really around like professional games for some reason. I don't know why, but um, definitely on a Saturday, yeah, a cup of tea with you, Scott. Class. <laughs> Chris plays, you play more club cricket than I do week in, week out, pretty much Chris plays. How would that go down at Parkhead in Sheffield, mate? I think I think if you rocked up, you'd, I think you'd, you'd get everything you want there, Matty. So if you ever... <laughs> If when you when you're back fit, if you ever fancy a little trip to Sheffield and a promise of a night out, we can make sure that you've got the perfect tea for you as well. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna sort of keep notes of what everybody's saying here. Yeah. Jason Older saying Lords, by the way, is that right? I mean, I'd imagine that it is unreal. Uh, what about Saki saying you wanted two two pies? Yeah, you wanted a couple of pies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, pies. Warm pies or cold pies. 
Well, he said he said he said he'd have a cheese sandwich filled with crisps. So that was his savoury snack and his sandwich all in one go. Fine. Yeah. Um, cup of tea, like yourself. Um, and he said, "Oh, biscuits." Right. So he's already having something else. And then and then he like he said like a. I couldn't work out, Chris, if he was saying like a pie, because he said oh, a pie with mince in it. And I was like, well, it's not a minced pie, is it? Because we don't have them in the summer. I think yeah. he was meaning like a proper meat and tatty pie. I think he was starving. Yeah, a cricket tea, but... Bizarre, man. Overflow, really. <laughs> and did he like give specifics about which biscuits? Because we want to know, don't we? I think we, sh- we, we should. We are now... Man, you, he's, you know, unfortunately, like yourself, he's got a bit of time on the sidelines as well. So we might have to get him back on and just clear all this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mate, it's been so good to talk to you. Um, thanks for coming on. Look, hope hope everything sort of speeds itself up in terms of recovery and you, you do get a little bit of a taste of something back end of the season um, and certainly for the winter. Hope to see you in full, fully firing again, mate. But, Absolutely. But thanks for coming and talking to us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, no worries, it's been awesome. Sports Social Podcast Network.